0: From KGW News, this is Straight Talk with Laurel Porter.
1: Hello and welcome to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. In this episode, we talk with the newest commissioners on Portland City Council. On January 1st, Commissioners Carmen Rubio and Mingus Maps officially took their seats on the most diverse city council in Portland history. Carmen Rubio is the former executive director of the Latino Network. She won her position in the primary last May with more than two-thirds of the vote and becomes the first Latinx member of the council. She takes the seat held by Commissioner Amanda Fritz, who retired after three terms. Commissioner Mingus Maps is a former political science professor and city employee. He defeated Commissioner Chloe Daly in the November election. Maps is the fourth black person to serve on the Portland City Council. He joins Commissioner Joanne Hardesty, who is the first black woman elected to council. Also on the city council, Dan Ryan, who's openly gay and living with HIV. And Mayor Ted Wheeler, who was reelected in November. Together, they have a lot of challenges to tackle in 2021. I'm pleased to welcome as my guests commissioners Carmen Rubio and Mingus Mapps. Welcome back to Straight Talk. Your first time here as sworn in Portland city commissioners. It's great to have you here.
0: Great to be here,
1: Laura. I can only imagine this past couple of weeks have been extremely busy as you take your seats on the council, you set up your office remotely, you gather your teams together. Give us an idea of what that has been like. We'll begin with Commissioner Rubio.
2: Oh, it's been a whirlwind. It's just been jumping in with both feet um, and, you know, uh, the business of the city goes on. So we were jumping in midstream, and we have some really big, important issues that we're tackling already. Um, but you know, I, I I'm so thrilled that the teams that uh, both Commissioner Maps and I are putting together are excellent, and uh, we've we've been very well supported, and the council has been very
1: welcoming. Commissioner Mapps, how would you describe these first couple of weeks? I know you're also a single dad with two young sons at home.
0: I sure am. Uh, It's been a whirlwind, uh, but it's been a ton of fun. I am your commissioner in charge of water, sewer, and 911. So I've been meeting my staff and working on those important uh, services. Um, And of course, we have all the events that have been happening nationally, which um, also impact um, how our city um, survives. Uh, So we're learning a lot. We're incredibly optimistic. And we also uh, take this moment seriously. There are big challenges ahead.
1: And Commissioner Rubio has the Parks Department and also Community Technology. And we'll talk about that later, but let's talk about the national scene since you bring it up. It's been something that has been in the news. Everyone's watching. How do you see the political tone nationally influencing the political tone in Portland and how you view your job as an elected leader? Commissioner Rubio.
2: Well, I think that what happened nationally, what we we witnessed was shameful um, and accountability must happen. Uh, but it's not just, you know, the actions of the president and um, all those that participated in, in that action. Um, we have work to do at home, too. Uh, we have to have the hard conversations together. And we're in the midst of this uh, national reckoning and reconciliation about our nation's history of racial injustice at a state and local level. And um, so I'm really eager for us to um, to be a part of those conversations. And I, and I
1: believe this is the year we get work done. Commissioner Maps,
0: what are your thoughts? Oh, um, like Commissioner Rubio, my heart is broken by what we've seen at the national level. I mean, I'll remind folks that, um, you know, it was just a month ago that we saw something very similar in uh, our, our state capital down in Salem. And of course it reaches all the way down to here to Portland where um, on a nightly basis, we have, you know, mobs of uh, folks out um, in the streets, breaking windows. Uh, Trying to set buildings on fire. Um, That's why I think it's important that we as a city and we as a nation come together to renounce violence. Um, And that's something we're thinking a lot about on uh, this day, which is just a couple of days away from Martin Luther King's 92nd birthday
1: we should say that we're taping this on Thursday morning, and this particular situation is evolving. Newly elected Clackamas County Commissioner Mark Scholl is under pressure to resign for racist and Islamophobic posts he made on social media. The chair of the Clackamas County Commission, the Clackamas County DA, mayors from a number of cities, leaders in the Muslim community, the Multnomah County Board of Commissioners, the whole board have called for him to step down. And both of you commissioners have signed onto a letter with the entire Portland City Council calling for Scholl to resign and let me read you just part of that letter following last week's insurrection attempt in washington dc this accountability is more important than ever our state has a long and continued history of white supremacism and there's much work to do to continue to break down its influence on our government institutions To your knowledge has the Portland City Council ever signed a joint letter calling for the resignation of another county's elected official? And why did you think it's important to do so? We'll begin with Commissioner Rubio. Um,
2: I'm not sure if we have done that in the past, but I know that uh, when this issue presented itself, um, there was no question among all of us as a council that this was the right thing to do. Um, And it moved pretty fast and pretty quickly. Um, I also want to acknowledge that um, Multnomah County Commissioners were the ones to actually first take action um, on this, and so we followed um, their example of issuing our own statement. And you know, this is really not just a matter of uh, disagreeing over opinions. As elected uh, leaders, we're we're elected to represent all our constituents, um, regardless of their background or what they believe, or or their religion or what color their skin is. And so it's reprehensible that we would have someone in office who has clearly been, been open about uh, not viewing people in, as in an inclusive manner and, and, and these racist ideas, making decisions about people's lives that,
1: that he represents. Commissioner Maps, why did you think it was important to sign that letter?
0: Oh, well, there's no place for hate um, in Oregon and certainly there's no place for hate in local government. Um, I want to uh, actually point out that uh, um, I believe Commissioner Rubio is being modest here. As I recall, I think she took the lead on helping City Council um, get that letter out. Um, I appreciate her leadership on this issue and I'm looking forward to working with her as we move forward to make uh, Portland and Oregon and our country more equitable and more just.
1: The FBI has warned that it's received information about armed protests in all 50 states in the days leading up to and on Inauguration Day next Wednesday, January 20th. How concerned are you about the possibility of violence locally, Commissioner Rubio?
2: Well, uh, very concerned. Uh, we, as Commissioner Mass mentioned, we saw what happened in the Capitol recently. And so we're taking every precaution and prepping as best as we can um, and watching uh, closely what happens um, and develops in Washington.
1: Commissioner Maps, you mentioned this earlier, we continue to see vandalism and damage to businesses in Portland going on now for several months. The mayor's promised to crack down, but he says it's going to take some time to make tactical changes and build collaborations now. Now that you're on the council, how do you view this ongoing violence and property damage and what's it going to take to bring it to an end, do you think? <coughs>
0: Well, uh, yes. I view the property property damage and violence that we see in the streets of Portland to be fundamentally unacceptable. Um, Ostensibly, uh, acts like uh, uh, the graffiti we see in the background are designed to liberate people like me. I can tell you as a black single dad that uh, breaking a window does not make me or my family any safer. Indeed, it does the opposite. Violence breeds violence. That's why we're calling on every Portlander to reject the politics of violence and to come together around a table to talk about how we can make our city more equitable and our country more fair.
1: Commissioner Rubio, do you wanna weigh in on that? Sure. Um, I know that
2: DA Schmidt is looking at this very closely and I appreciate his approach to prioritize the most severe cases of property and physical injury while holding up the constitutional right of expression for the vast majority of of people who are um, demonstrating. Uh, But those high level arrests are a priority. Um, And my understanding is that he is currently working on over 70 charges pertaining to property damage. And I support him in that.
1: Police reform has been a top priority on the city council as the city has seen months of racial justice protests. What reforms do you still wanna see happen in the coming year, Commissioner Rubio?
2: Well, um, I feel like we we should really think about too that you know the fear of harm that some hold with regard to law enforcement is real, and it's incumbent upon us working with community to create an environment and create the relationships to bring about that positive change. And I feel like there have been some good uh, conversations that um, some of us have had about the values that we share in making sure that we are working together to plan a, a, a community centered approach public safety. Um, so I'm hopeful for the year and um, we have, you know, the the, the whole last year um, uh, and the community clearly told us that they're ready to see something community centered and something different that um, that makes us feel like we are all a part of a solution.
1: And Commissioner Maps, you're going to be working with the Portland Street Response Team, I think, as part of your, your bureaus. Will you be working in partnership with Commissioner Hardesty on that? Tell us about that.
0: Oh, absolutely! This is one of the initiatives that we're—I'm um, incredibly excited about. The goal here is to get the police department out of the business of being the first responders on uh, mental health and homelessness issues. So instead of sending out a cop uh, when a houseless person is having a crisis on the street, we sent out a mental health worker and someone trained at um, crisis de-escalation. Uh, the police and the fire department will play a big role here, but uh, my shop nine one one also plays a crucial role. You know, when these calls types of calls come in we need to know where and how to direct them we're working really hard and in close collaboration with the police to figure out how we get this done Um, uh, it's going really well Um, after waiting a long long time we are going to start to launch uh, very very soon and we look forward to expanding this important program citywide um, over the coming months
1: And Commissioner Rubio, the city began negotiating a new police union contract this week. Are there changes that you still want to see in that contract?
2: You know, uh, bargaining started yesterday. And for more information, uh, I just want to encourage people that they can go to RethinkPortland.com and they can be updated on any developments uh, and also for information about how, how to be an observer.
1: I want to ask you about something that happened last week. Mayor Wheeler was confronted by a small group of people while he was having dinner outside at a downtown restaurant. We have video from. Oh, oh, you can hear oh, it. It was goodness a, a goodness confrontation. Like he was want. also reportedly punched in the shoulder. His office released a statement saying he wasn't hurt and that with the tenor of local and national politics, it's not unusual for he and other elected leaders to be confronted, That it's part of a job. Does that trouble you that as commissioners that now you have to think about that sort of thing, Commissioner Rubio?
2: It does trouble me, Um, but I I agree with um, one aspect of what I I feel like the the mayor uh, meant to convey, which is that public criticism is something to be expected. That is part of our job to hear community and to listen, but it's not okay in any circumstance um, to act aggressively or physically harm anyone regardless of who you are, whether you're an elected official or you're a, a person in a neighborhood or walking down the street. Uh, Civility
1: matters. Commissioner Mapps.
0: Yeah, I was horrified uh, when I saw the video of the mayor being um, assaulted. It's completely unacceptable. Um, You know, any sort of violence that's designed to change our politics is, outside the traditions of who we are as Portlanders and who we are as Americans. Um, you know, that's why I, you hear me talk so much about the politics of peace. Uh, we have to make different choices if we're going to have different results.
1: Let's talk about the work you were elected to do and your bureau assignments a little bit more. Under Portland's unique form of government, Mayor Wheeler assigns a portfolio of bureaus to each commissioner to run. And Commissioner Maps, your Bureau is the Water Bureau, which oversees the city's drinking water. You also have the Bureau of Environmental Services, which oversees waste and stormwater. And we've talked a little bit about the Bureau of Emergency Communication, Communications. What are the thoughts, what are your thoughts about your Bureau assignments and, and the biggest challenge you think you'll have?
0: Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm incredibly excited to partner with these incredibly important agencies. You know, we deliver about 100 million gallons of water to Portlanders every day, and then we kind of take away 100 million gallons. That's an incredibly complicated um, and massive task, and it has to work perfectly 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So we are learning a lot about these challenges and really delighted to work with some of the best public servants that I can possibly imagine. Uh, Obviously, some of the big questions coming up in the future for us are gonna be um, a water filtration plant um, that we'll be looking at bringing online. Um, Over at BDS, we're going to start to clean up the Willamette River, and we're very, very excited about that. And over at Emergency Communications, uh, the thing that we're really focused on is uh, getting the street response teams up and going and scalable as soon as possible.
1: A lot on your plate, and Commissioner Rubio, I know you have a lot on your plate, too. Let's take a look at your bureaus. You'll oversee the Parks and Recreation Bureau, the Bureau of Planning and Sustainability, and the Office of Community Technology. How do you feel about your bureau assignments, and what do you hope to accomplish in the first 100 days?
2: I really love uh, my portfolio. I feel very um, lucky and thrilled such, with such talented uh, uh, leaders of the organization and, and uh, employees of the bureaus. Uh, my vision for parks is very similar to that of uh, my um, friend and mentor, um, Nick, Commissioner Nick Fish, who also used to oversee parks at one at one point. Um, it's to expand access to uh, of our parks and recreation services to all families in Portland, and um, particular families in need or families. Um, underserved, uh, black, indigenous, other communities of color, working families, and also East Portland uh, families and Portlanders who live in parks-deficient areas. And the parks levy in 2020 was a, a really critical first step um, in that evolution to making that, uh, that goal a reality. And the Bureau has some really great uh, plans in store there.
1: And I know you're also... I also have
2: a, a, the arts and culture portfolio And so I'm very interested in um, working with RAC and the arts and culture sector to continuing to sustain this community in ways that we can and planning for its recovery and reemergence into the community in a post-COVID world. And then we have um, the Office of uh, Planning and Sustain, or Bureau of Planning and Sustainability. And again, clearly COVID has and will continue to have an impact on our city planning. So we must use this as a lens now, at least for the foreseeable future, to ensure that we, we we emerge from this time very responsibly. And evaluating our priorities as a city to ensure economic recovery for all our neighborhoods and small businesses, um, and uh, workers. And this is at the top of the list. Yeah, and for our, uh, Office of Community Technology, um, the you know my focus here, you know, during the pandemic, um, one of the things that became crystal clear is the digital divide and the the huge disparities that exist in the community around uh, digital access. So I've seen it firsthand in my work as a nonprofit director, Um, you know, moms with school-aged kids and only one Chromebook or a whole family accessing the internet through just one smartphone. Um, And we've come to understand that access to the internet is a luxury and not something nice to have. It's now a basic need for people. So I'm eager to get in, uh, start working with the Bureau and Community Members to see what we can move forward in this next year to close that
1: divide. Well, you both have a lot of challenges ahead of you. It's time for us to take a break and we'll continue our conversation with Commissioners Rubio and Mapps. And we'll look at what the council's doing to try to reverse the city's long legacy of displacing people of color in North Portland. We're back in two minutes.
0: There's something surprising happening in the south end of what most Portlanders think of as Albina. Maybe the most important change of all, it's already reached the street where Ron Herndon lives. And when he talks about it, it sounds a little like he's saying, there goes the neighborhood.
1: Welcome back to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. And welcome once again to Portland's newest city commissioners, Carmen Rubio and Mingus Maps. Thanks again for being here. Glad to be here. Let me ask you another question about one of your, your first votes on the council was approving changes in an urban renewal zone to fund $67 million for affordable housing and economic development in historically black neighborhoods in North Portland near Legacy Emanuel Hospital. Commissioner Maps, tell us a little bit more about that. What will it do? Who will live there? Why is it important?
0: Oh, sure. Well, this is an incredibly important and exciting project. You know, Portland has a long history of displacements. Um, And the only way that we're going to stop that tradition in Portland is to make a different kind of investment in our communities. That's one of the reasons why um, I was supportive of this proposal. One of the things that it will do is invest $67 million in bringing uh, new affordable housing to north and northeast Portland. We expect that to translate into about 350 new units. A couple of things I love about this program, in addition to the affordable housing. uh, First, it's also focused on home ownership and home ownership is a great Great way to reduce the wealth gap between the buy cup pop community and uh, um, our white neighbors um, and also this uh, program helps to fight uh, the legacies of displacement by giving a preference to folks who have roots um, in particular neighborhoods in North and Northeast Portland so this is the beginning of healing I'm very excited to. Um, Uh, 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 support it. It does not solve all the problems and all the injustices that have happened in Portland over time. But this is the beginning of healing, I hope.
1: And we have a clip from a 1980 KGW documentary Albina reported by former KGW reporter and now state senator Lou Frederick. In this clip, you hear from well known veteran civil rights leader Ron Herndon.
0: This has been called, this area over here near the Lloyd Center has been called uh, one of the most desirable pieces of real estate in the country because it is close to, to so many amenities that people seem to want. Uh, public transportation, shopping center close to Coliseum downtown Portland. And you do have a lot of uh, younger white families moving in. And on the surface, many people will say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, given that it's much more difficult for black people in the country to get decent jobs, it's much more difficult to get a loan from the bank to, to buy a house, it all works against the possibility of black people being able to maintain a, a stable community.
1: And that was Ron Herndon, along with Lou Frederick. Some of the families of the displaced families are calling for restitution to a specific set of descendants who were forced to sell their homes and businesses. Do you still wanna see reparations made to those families, Commissioner Rubio?
2: Yeah, I, I think the members and the supporters of Emmanuel Displaced Persons Association too, they raised critically important issues and held up a mirror to the city, right? About our expressed values but, and then how that reconciles with the past histories of the city and the harm done to black communities and neighborhoods. And so while I'll never truly know the experience of, and the depth of frustration and anger and trauma experienced by these communities, I agree for their call for accountability and acknowledgement and reparation for these past harms.
1: And commissioner maps, do you want to see reparations and how do you think that might work?
0: Well, I want to continue to work with the community and these families to um, help build a vibrant community. Um, One of the things I did as we were preparing for that vote was to take a close look at the contracts, which were signed, I think, almost more than 40 years ago to see um, if the city had held up its part of the deal. And in my evaluation, it did. I think one of the problems here is... um, The negligent party is the federal government. There was some affordable housing that the fed should have delivered and they did not. I am, um, you know, I pledge to work with the families impacted by that to uh, um, help hold the federal government accountable.
1: We have about uh, 45 seconds each, but I'd like to give the opportunity to look ahead to 2021 and, and what your biggest hopes and wishes are. Carmen Rubio.
2: So I have three things: um, a successful vaccination deployment so that everybody is protected and um, is healthy and uh, supporting a strong uh, re- economic recovery. Also, more housing built with both the city and metro housing bonds. And then finally, uh, meaningful movement and how we're reimagining public safety for our community and all who live here.
1: And what are your biggest hopes and, and wishes for 2021, Commissioner Maps?
0: Uh, Commissioner Rubio and I are very much in sync. I want to do everything we can to get uh, vaccines in people's arms um, as fast as possible. Um, I'm deeply concerned about economic recovery. I can't wait to get our uh, businesses and schools opened up again. Um, And I will work hard every day to help restore uh, peace to our streets. Uh, um, uh, Seeing our homicide rates double is unacceptable. We got to get back to um, the Portland that we all know and love.
1: And just about 30 seconds left, but Commissioner Rubio, I'll I'll give you the final thought as we head towards Inauguration Day. Do you have a final message you'd like to leave with Portlanders, with Oregonians?
2: You know, I'm just really thankful for the opportunity to serve. It's an honor. Holding the trust of the community is a sacred thing, and um, I'm honored to serve, and please encourage people to uh, reach out to my office.
1: Well, we want to thank both of you for joining us here and wish you the best of luck in 2021. Commissioner Rubio and Commissioner Maps, thanks for joining us. Thank you all. Thank you so much. And thank you for watching and listening. Remember to download our podcast. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Search for KGW Straight Talk. Join us next week when our guests are the heads of the Department of Education in both Oregon and Washington. We'll see you next week for Straight Talk.